Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries podcast. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. All right. So we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit hymn tonight, and I just want to remind you guys of why we're doing this. Uh, so often we forget about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh yeah, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and just kind of like sweep him off and we forget about him. Um, so two weeks ago, Jackson talked about how the Holy Spirit is a vital part of the Trinity. He's a person. He's not an it, as we usually refer to him as, but he is a person that works in and through us just like God the Father and Jesus Christ. And then last week, um, Isaac talked about um, the empowerment of the Spirit and how um, it's a downstream from a new heart and holy living. So before we jump into the sermon, I'd like to pray. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you for this night where we get to come together and worship you and look at your word. I pray that you would anoint these words, that we would all leave changed, um, and that you'd move in a mighty way. In your wonderful name, amen. All right. So again, last week, Isaac talked about how um, empowerment is the downstream from a new heart and holy living. So tonight, we're going to start looking at a new heart. So we're going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit regenerates us. We're going to look at the concept of newness through the Spirit tonight. So what does regeneration mean? That's a big word. Um, I had to look up what it meant. I didn't necessarily know what it meant. So we're going to find out what regeneration means. Um, I don't know. Has anyone in here seen the show Doctor Who? No one. Okay, that's really awkward. <laughs> okay, well, there, there's a show, and it's about, like, this alien. I don't know. It's weird. It's like a sci-fi type thing. Anyway, so... There's this guy, he's called the doctor, and he regenerates. And so it means like he becomes a totally different person. So at the end of his like season, so say Leonardo DiCaprio was the doctor. And at the end of his season of the show, he would regenerate, and it's like beams of light shooting out of him. And then he becomes a new person like Brad Pitt. So it's a totally different actor. I know it sounds really weird. You're just going to have to look it up later. <laughs> and so... Um, the, the current one regenerates. There's a new actor that comes in for this new season, and the old doctor is completely gone, and there is now a new one. And that's pretty much, in, for me, that's what regeneration really is. It's, it means new birth. We typically use the term born again. Um, so you're coming from death to life. You're going from one person to a totally new person through regeneration. It's becoming dead to the old you that lived a life in sin and becoming new in Christ. Another definition of regeneration I found is it's the impartation of life, spiritual life to those who are dead, spiritually dead through their trespasses and sins. So when I was researching this, I found out the word, the exact word regeneration is only used two times in the New Testament. But the idea of it, being born again, is scattered throughout the entire New Testament. We see this idea in 1 Peter 1.3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he caused us to be 
born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's that idea, again, of us being taken from our old self to a new life in Christ, being born again. That's what regeneration means. We see this again in Titus 3.5. It says, he saved us, the Holy Spirit saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is talking about the regeneration or new birth of each individual person by the Holy Spirit. And it's not anything we do to be born again, not by works of righteousness like this verse says, but it is only through the work of the Holy Spirit that we are made new and taken from death to life. We all need to be regenerated because without the Holy Spirit doing this work in us, we are dead in our, in our sin. And regeneration isn't for some people, but it's for all people. In John 3, Jesus addresses Nicodemus and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So without being born again, we are unable to enter into the kingdom. And he's saying this to Nicodemus. So if you don't know, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. So Jesus is saying this not to a social outcast, not to um, some morally um, immoral person, but to a religious, law-abiding man. Christ said, you must be born again. So regeneration is not for some of us, but it's for all of us. Now, there are some people who possess a certain moral goodness and are self-righteous, and they don't realize their need for regeneration. Uh, they feel that only drunkards, thieves, murderers, addicts are the ones who need to be born again. I once heard a pastor um, say that he knew a woman. Her parents were uh, missionaries to India, and she told him that she didn't need to be born again because she was born into the right family at the right time, and she just needed to keep being a good person but that's not true at all. That's so far from the truth. The Holy Spirit does a work in us and makes us born again and takes us from death to life. So now that we understand what regeneration is, I want to look deeper into why we need it. So there are three reasons we need the Holy Spirit to regenerate, regenerate us. So I'm going to tell you those three now, and then I'm going to look deeper at them. So the first reason is it gives us new life. The second reason is we receive a new family. And the third is we receive a new nature. So let's go back to we receive a new life. As we just read, the Holy Spirit takes us from death to life. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The regenerated person can testify that things are different now. You are a new person. With our new birth, we received a new power and a new pattern for living. The regenerated person is a new creation. The new meaning a difference in kind. He now possesses a different kind of life. Um, the words in the text mean more than a mere outward reformation, but it's also an inward reformation. We have, it's more than just improvement of the old life, but it's setting down the old life laying it down, putting it aside, and stepping into Christ, into a new life. A complete change has come. 
we have a new creation as against the old creation. So the source of our old creation was Adam, and from him we inherited sin and death, but the source of the new creation is Christ, the Holy Spirit, so that a profound and radical change has taken place in us, in the believer. Regeneration brings with it new life. The new life has brought an entirely new set of desires, appetites, and goals. Now, the new birth does not eradicate the old nature. Sometimes people think that once they become a Christian, they're never going to sin again. They're never going to be tempted again. But as I'm sure most of you know, that is not the case. But what it does do is it gives you a new life. You get a new empowerment to fight against sin, to fight against temptation. That's what this new life does. And make certain that you're clear on one point, that the new creation begins with the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And we, we forget about the Holy Spirit, but he's vital in our salvation experience. If we're just looking at this, he's so vital, and we forget about that. So first, we receive a new life, and the second thing he does is we receive a new family. 1 John 3.14 says, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. This new life we receive, this body of Christ, that's what we are, Evangel Temple. We're the body of Christ. And the body of Christ just isn't Evangel Temple. It's also all the other churches, whether they be AG like us or Protestant or whatever they are. We are the body of Christ, and when we come to relationship with Christ, we find refuge and peace and love with our brothers in Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now, this verse is kind of radical because the Jews didn't like the Greeks, and they were like, oh, we're better than you. But, like, this verse is saying you are one in Christ. Like, you're not different. You, no one is less than the other. You are same in the body of Christ. When you are born again, you are instinctively drawn to people of like faith. All regenerated persons are one in Christ, and love is our badge. Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not a fellowship. Um, our, our, the church body isn't a fellowship for the rich or the elite or of one denomination against another. All born-again persons have God as their father. Therefore, we are one in Christ, sharing a mutual love. No person who hates has Christ's new life in him. If you hate your brothers in Christ, then you don't have Christ's new life in you. 1 John 3.15 says, everyone who hates his brother, oh, let me read. Uh, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So if you hate your brothers in Christ, then this verse says that you don't have eternal life. If you hate those people, there is no eternal life. 
It is not possible to love God if we do not love our fellow man. If we do not love the people around us, it's not possible to love God. The body of Christ is such a beautiful thing because all of us have been formally dead in our sins, have been made new through the regeneration of the Spirit, through being born again. And no matter how different we are, we all have different gifts, different talents, different callings. We have this great gift of new life, and that new life provides us with one another, people to struggle with, people to rejoice with. We are the family of God, each serving in our specific calling with the same goal, to spread the gospel and bring glory to God. The body of Christ is a diverse group of people from all different races and backgrounds, Everyone in this room, all of us have a vastly different background. We all have different stories, different uh, family members. We're all very different. But that's the beauty of the church of God. That's the beauty of our church family is we're all so different, but we're united under the same goal. In Sunday school, we've been talking about different Protestant denominations. And while there are some things we disagree on, Uh, with these Protestant denominations, they are still people who love Jesus and who have the same goal as us. So while, while they may have some deferring opinions, they still love Jesus, and their goal is to still spread the gospel. Uh, When we talk about this new family we're given, it's not just the people that go here to Evangel Temple, like I said before, but it's the entire body of Christ. It's our Baptist brothers, it's our Presbyterian brothers, it's our Lutheran brothers and sisters and sisters. (laughs) Um, But those are the body of Christ too. It's not just the people here at Evangel Temple. While yes, this is our family, but it's also all those other people. It's also our Baptist friends. It's also the Lutherans, the Presbyterians, the Anabaptists. It's all of them. So that's a plug for Sunday school. You should come to Sunday school and learn more about those. So um, last semester, I got the opportunity to meet a pastor. Um, She's from Flint, Michigan, and she was doing a lecture at Evangel about what she experienced and what God did for her and her church during the Flint water crisis. So if you don't know what the Flint water crisis was, the people of Flint, Michigan um, realized that their pipes were made of lead. So lead was in their water. And so I don't know if you know this, but you use water for a lot of things, pretty much everything. Like you cook your food in water, like you, if you're making pasta, you got to boil the water to like cook the noodles. Like you, you use it in your Keurig, if you have a Keurig, I don't know, or your parents use it. When you're making coffee, like it filters the water through to make your coffee. So, and then also when you ingest it into your body, it is very harmful for you. So the people of Flint realize this. So they're going through this crisis. So either what they have to, these people have to do is um, they have to boil the water for a long time or they have to like take baths and everything with water bottles. So she was saying that they had to like, they had t- hundreds of water bottles all the time and they would have to bathe with water bottles. Like that's insane. Like I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, And, like, some houses, like, didn't have lead pipes, and some did, but there was really no way to tell. So everyone just used, like, water bottles. Like, no one drunk the water. Everyone was freaking out. They were like, ah, because that's a, it's a really big deal. It was really scary. Um, But she talked about um, how during this time the body of Christ showed up for her and her congregation 
churches from all over America. So Convoy of Hope came with water bottles, but also Lutheran churches, Assembly of God churches, Baptist churches sent thousands upon thousands of water bottles to this woman's Assembly of God church. They didn't care that she was Assemblies of God. They were like, we are going to send these water bottles so you can distribute it to the people of Flint, Michigan, so that they have enough water bottles. Because people were spending hundreds of dollars on water bottles. They would go to Walmart, and Walmart would be out of water bottles because everyone in the town was buying it. So all these churches sent thousands upon thousands of water bottles uh, to this church where they, where they were then able to distribute um, this water. And this is the new family you get to be a part of. This is the body of Christ at its best. In the darkest days for these people, in this struggle, the church body showed up. And this is what we get to be a part of. We get to be a part of family that is there with us on our darkest days and a family of God that is to rejoice with us on our best days. That is so beautiful that the church showed up. They didn't care. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're Lutheran. They're like, we are going to bring water to you because it's vital for your survival. And they showed up. And that is what our church body does. So we receive a new family. That's what the regeneration of the spirit does. So we see that regeneration of the spirit brings about new life, laying our old selves down and becoming new. We receive a new family, our church body, who we're able to walk out our faith with. And finally, regeneration brings about a new nature in us. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we are born again, there must be a change in our actions from before. This doesn't mean that the old nature completely disappears, but rather that one receives the spirit and his nature, permitting us to live differently than we did before. Your new nature in Christ desires to be righteous. You desire to live a life of holiness. Righteousness is the character or quality of being right or just in the sight of God. When we are born again, Christ becomes our righteousness. This righteousness is given to the believer by God on the faith principle apart from human works. It is God's gift to every regenerated person. We become, we become partakers of the divine nature. We now see sin as God sees it. When we come into this new nature, we see the way God sees sin. We see it as hurting to ourselves, hurting to our families, hurting to our souls. Our standard of what is right and just, we now find in God's word. Um, in John 3, um, 3, as I mentioned before, it says... Um, Truly, truly, I say to you, yes, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So um, looking this up, um, when he's saying being born again, he's talking about um, being born of above, which obviously you guys know it's not being born again, like in an earthly sense. But like the translation of this means being born of above. Um, he did not use it 
as a reference to repeating our physical birth, which would be impossible, but um, which is an, a birth from below, but having been born from above. And when you're born from above, you seek things that are above. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says, if you... If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So when we get this new nature, we seek the things that are above. Like we mentioned in the Philippian series, we seek whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure. That's what this new nature does for us. Our new nature leads us to seek things of kingdom and for the kingdom. Regeneration is what brings us into relationship with Jesus. And I think we tend to forget about this. Incredible work the Spirit does in us at the point of salvation. We should remember to be thankful for being brought from death to life. And I want that to sink in. We were once dead in our sin, condemned to hell, but then through this regenerating work of the Spirit, we are now alive in Christ. That is crazy. Like, that's so cool. Like, I keep saying we've been dead in our sin and now we're alive in Christ because it's so, like, that's crazy if you think about it. Through regeneration, we become children of God. Um, evangelist R.A. Torrey once said, this is a long quote, so just, it's a good quote, though, so listen. Um, the doctrine of the regen regenerating power of the Holy Spirit is a glorious doctrine. It sweeps away false hopes. It comes to the one who is trusting in education and culture and say, education and culture are not enough. You must be born again. It comes to the one who is trusting in mere external morality and says, external morality is not enough. You must be born again. It comes to the one who is trusting in the external Ex, mm, externalities of religion, sorry guys, in going to church, reading the Bible, saying prayers, being confirmed, being baptized, partaking in the Lord's Supper, and says, these are not enough. You must be born again. It comes to the one who is trusting and turning over a new leaf in outward reform and quitting his meanness. It says, that's not enough. You must be born again. But in place of the vague and shallow hopes that it sweeps away, it brings in a new hope, a good hope, a blessed hope, a glorious hope. It says, you may be born again. It comes to the one who has no desire higher than the desire for things, animals, or selfish, or worldly, and says, you may become a partaker of the divine nature and, loves, and love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates. You may become like Jesus Christ. You may be born again. This is the beauty of regeneration. It provides us with new life. It gives us a new family and a new nature. And I'm no fool to think that just because you come to church on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights um, means that you're saved or have experienced uh, being born again. So tonight I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit can provide a new heart for you. He can take you from being dead in your sins to being alive in Christ. 
You may currently be drowning in your sins, but the Holy Spirit comes and can give you a new heart and a new nature and a family to walk beside you along those temptations. This doesn't mean you won't ever struggle with sin again, but you're empowered to overcome those temptations through the Holy Spirit and through your family. Those of you who have already been regenerated, I want you to think about your church family. Are you loving them the way you should be? Are you being rude to them? I know I've heard lots of Christians, I've honestly done this myself, saying really unkind things about our brothers and sisters of other denominations. Be like, oh, they're Baptist. And like saying just like terrible things about them. But they are still people who love Jesus. And that is not Christ-like to speak about our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ like that. I know I've done it, that's for sure, but it's not what God has called us to do. We're called to have courageous conversations with them, respectful conversations with them, not rude, not belittling um, their beliefs or their ideas, but respectful conversations with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And also, this is a reminder that we need to be thankful for what the Holy Spirit has done for us. And also be thankful for our church here at Evangel Temple. That we have um, leaders like Isaac and Sarah um, to lead us. And who have been regenerated and they pour into us on a weekly basis. And we have this church body that we can come to and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Or, hey, like, this is really hard for me right now, and I need someone to be here for me. Or say, hey, there's something I'm super excited about, and I'm, I, I want to tell you about it. Like, I'm so excited about it. And that's what our church family is here for. So in just a moment, we're going to spread out. And during this time of prayer, if you haven't accepted, um, if you haven't been born again, this is, if you're feeling led, this is a time that you can experience regeneration, experience a new life a new family, a new nature. Um, If that's you, then I would encourage you to go to one of the leaders. All of us would be willing to talk you through that. Um, And for those of you who have been born again, I want you to reflect on how you talk about the church body. Are you saying um, unkind and mean things to people of a different denomination? Um, Are you trying to have respectful conversations with them? And it's also very important for us to be thankful. So take this time that we're about to spread out to thank the Holy Spirit for the gift of regeneration. Thank him from, that he took you from death in your sins to being alive in Christ. I remember before I got saved, I would lay down at night and I, I just felt this like, ah, oh, like this weight on me. And I wouldn't be able to sleep and just be like, ah. Oh. And then when I came into relationship, that still does happen sometimes. But when I came re- into relationship with Christ, there's a hope. Like sometimes that, that, that weight still comes on me, but I know there's a hope for tomorrow. And I can't imagine what, it, what it's like to live your entire life feeling that, ugh, like there's no hope. What's the point? So being thankful that he's taken you from that death and pain and hopelessness of sin to the hope that is Christ. So if you would all spread out and we will pray. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.